Acts chapter 5, verse 38 through 42. We should keep away from these men for now. We should leave them alone. Read with me. I can guarantee that if the plan they put into action is of human origin, it will fail. However, if it's from God, you won't be able to stop them. You may even discover that you're fighting against God. The council took Gamaliel's advice. They called the apostles, beat them, ordered them not to speak about the one named Jesus and let them go. The apostles left the council room. They were happy to have been considered worthy to suffer dishonor for speaking about Jesus. Every day in the temple courtyard and from house to house, they refused to stop teaching and telling the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. Oh, it's good news, church. Come on, it's good news indeed. He's worthy. He's worthy. In verse 39, the latter part of our text in Acts chapter 5, it reads this way, you may even discover that you are fighting against God. This word discover, it's used in a very interesting way here in this passage. Other translations say, find, you may find yourself fighting against God. But what makes it so interesting is that this word discover or find is tied to the word fighting. You may discover, you may even discover that you are fighting against God. To connect discovery with fighting is the very opposite of how this word is used in practically all the places that it appears in in Scripture. To connect discovery or find with fighting. It's not used that way, only here. The word find means to discover God and be accepted by him when humbly and sincerely turning to him. This is the meaning of the word find. When you go through the scriptures and you read find, it means to discover God and be accepted by God when you humbly and you sincerely turn to God. It means to find grace and mercy with the Lord. And to use the word find and connect it with fighting, this is a very unique way to use this word, but it reveals that Gamaliel understood this situation that was before them to be a matter of militancy. 
to connect fine with fighting or discover with fighting. Gamaliel, the president of the Sanhedrin, the highest religious court, Jewish religious court in the, in the land, he understood that what they were dealing with was a matter of militancy. He put forth in no uncertain terms that if this Christian religion were not of God, the best thing would be to leave it alone and it would soon fade out. He puts before the, the Sanhedrin that if this Christian religion is not of God, let's just not touch it. Let's just leave it alone because it will soon fade out. However, he went on to reason that to combat it would only make it more determined to survive as they, the Sanhedrin, could find themselves, they could discover that they'd be fighting against God. So listen carefully. This is incredible. He said, if you're going to combat it, it's only going to do one thing. If it's not of God, it's going to fade out. But if we, if we try to combat it, it's going to make it more determined to survive. As they, the religious leaders, could indeed discover they would be fighting against God. So instead of finding acceptance when turning to God and using this word find, which means to discover, it means to, to be accepted by God when you humbly and sincerely turn to God. But instead of finding acceptance when turning to God, they could find the God of mercy and the God of grace in warfare against them. And the logic appealed to the rulers. So they called for the apostles and they ordered them to be beaten. And then they forbid them to speak in the name of Jesus ever again. <laughs> and then let them go. Now this command that accompanied the beating was futile. And it was senseless, for they might as well have ordered the sun not to shine as to command the disciples to keep silent concerning the name of Jesus. But the beating produced two unexpected results. The beating produced two unexpected results. First, these apostles, these Soldiers of the cross, they discovered a deep joy in that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for the name they loved. They made a discovery through a beating. Come on, this is our year of discovery. Anybody ready to line up for a beating? <laughs> They discovered deep joy in that they were counted worthy. That was the first 
a result of this beating, that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for the name that they loved. And secondly, they rediscovered zeal and passion afresh, going forth on mission each day in the temple and in homes, teaching and preaching Jesus as the Messiah. Can we just thank God for men of God who unbending men of God who just stayed the course. Come on, these are, these are the, these are the apostles. These are the men of God that leads the way, set the example for us. Today I want to conclude a series we began a few weeks ago, Discoveries for God's Church to Fulfill God's Mission. Discoveries for God's Church to Fulfill God's mission. Today is Mission Sunday. The church of Jesus Christ has been given a mission. And that is to take the gospel to all men everywhere with the goal being to make disciples of all nations. Come on, to take the gospel to all men everywhere, to see souls one, and to make disciples of all nations. When you begin to go through scripture, we learn that this commission and its fulfillment, it is distinctly depicted in military terms. When you begin to study the commission of Jesus Christ, Matthew 28, you begin to go through it, and particularly its fulfillment, you will discover that it is depicted in military terms. God's word presents the work of redemption militarily. Now follow me. God's word presents the work of redemption militarily. First, in the work of Christ, who is the captain of our salvation, to bring it about in the work of Christ. Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 10 shows us that he is the captain of our salvation. So in the work of Christ, the captain, the captain of our salvation brings it about. He brought it about. And then the work of redemption militarily of the church, of the church, which is the army of the living God to carry it out. The captain of our salvation to bring it about, the church, the army of the living God, to carry it out according to 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 6, which speaks of our weaponry, which begins to teach us and show us that we do not war after the flesh, but we war after the Spirit. And that the weapons, we're going to look at the scripture in a few moments, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God. So that we, the army of God, that work of salvation which the captain of our salvation brought about, now we as the church carry it out as the army of God. Going forth to enforce the victory of the cross. And then thirdly, it's depicted militarily of individual Christians as soldiers equipped for battle to live it out. 
The captain of our salvation brought it out. The church, the army of God, carries it out. And we as individual soldiers of the cross, we live it out. According to Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 13, we live it out from its earliest mention. Christ's mission was portrayed in terms of combat. From its earliest mention, you got to get this because this is awesome. All of it's awesome. The word of God is just awesome. From its earliest mention, Christ's mission was portrayed in terms of combat. In Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15, God promises a savior. Listen to this scripture. And there will, this is God speaking to Satan. And there will be war between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. By him will your head be crushed. Come on. Who is he speaking of here? Who is God speaking of? The captain of our salvation. By him. This is in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15. The very earliest mention of Christ's mission is portrayed in terms of warfare, in terms of combat. And there will be war between you and the woman, in between your seed and her seed. By him will your head be crushed, and by you his foot will be wounded. From the outset, we see two combatants, two contenders, with a battle raging between them. Then we come to the New Testament, and there are so many examples. Writing to Timothy, Paul said, in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3, join me in suffering like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. Whoever serves in the military doesn't get mixed up in non-military activities. This pleases his commanding officer. The church is the army of Christ, and the believers are soldiers, single-minded, committed to rigorous discipline, warring together with unrelenting obedience. To our commander. The church is the army of God, and we are as individual soldiers in the army, trained and equipped, readying ourselves, moving together. Come on, single minded. We're committed to rigorous discipline. I said we're committed to rigorous discipline. Warring together with unrelenting obedience. The third and final discovery that we need to make as God's church to fulfill God's mission, number three, our commitment. We need to make a discovery where commitment is concerned. Our commitment, laying aside worldly pursuits, serving proficiently as a team. Laying aside worldly pursuits, whoever serves in the military doesn't get mixed up in non-military activities. Serving proficiently, warring together, contending together for the faith of the gospel. And doing so proficiently. 
Oh, I pray you'll receive this word today from the heart of God. I pray that we as a church will take hold of this today. Discovering our commitment. Discovering what we're committed to. What we're committed to. Laying aside, by virtue of that commitment, we're laying aside the worldly distractions and the worldly pursuits, the non-military activities. Come on, we're on mission. The soldier's call to service takes precedent over the affairs of this life. And that refers to any business or distraction that gets in the way of the mission. The soldier's call to service takes precedent over the affairs of this life. If an army has the mentality of civilians, there is a problem. Such an army will be a disaster. If an army has the mentality of civilians, we've got a problem, a root problem. Such an army will be a disaster. We're not fighting physical battles like the armies of nations. We are fighting spiritual, spiritual engagements. And the weapons of a spiritual army are not the same as those of the armies fighting physical wars. 2 Corinthians 10.3, here it is. We do live in the world, but we do not fight in the same way the world fights. We fight with weapons that are different from those the world uses. Our weapons have power from God that can destroy the enemy's strong places. Come on, somebody. We destroy people's arguments. Come on, soldier of the cross. Look at that. We do live in the world, but we do not fight in the same way the world fights. We fight with weapons that are different from those the world uses. Our weapons have power from God that we can destroy the enemy's strong places. We destroy people's arguments. Aren't you glad you're part of something supernatural in the earth today? Come on, God's raising up a mighty and a mighty army that's moving together as a force in Jesus' name. Soldiers have a way of life. They have values and they have principles that are different from that of civilians. Soldiers have a way of life and values and principles that are different from that of civilians. They are well-trained. They are equipped. And they are focused. Otherwise, an army cannot be regarded as proficient. If they're not well-trained, equipped, and focused, they will not be considered proficient. The effectiveness of a military unit depends, listen to this, the effectiveness of a military unit depends on its single-minded commitment to follow their leader in the accomplishment of the mission. The effectiveness, the proficiency of a military unit depends, they can have all the equipment, they can have all the training, they can have all that, but it comes down to this. 
single-minded commitment to follow the leader in the accomplishment of the mission. Christ demands unquestioning loyalty and obedience from his servants. Do we truly want to be a proficient army? Do we truly want to fulfill God's mission upon which we have been sent? Then church, we have to stay single-minded. We have to stay single-minded in our commitment to follow the captain of our salvation, to follow Jesus Christ, who's leading us into warfare, the warfare for souls, the warfare for souls, and to make disciples. The church as an army will not be able to win its wars unless it operates like an army. I want to repeat it. The church will not be able to win its wars unless it operates like an army. The proficient army operates as a team. Come on, our commitment must be a commitment to the team. We're, we're, we're forsaking worldly pursuits and we're coming together as a team. Listen to me. Nairobi Lighthouse Church, listen. Soldiers work together as a team. The proficient army operates as a team. They are all committed to the team. There is no rivalry among them. There is no competition among them. Only cooperation between them. They risk their lives for their nation. They risk their lives for each other. They have each other's back. They fight for each other. Come on, how are we going to fulfill the mission of God? How are we as God's church going to fulfill God's mission? We've got to do it together. Soldiers don't leave their colleagues behind. Even those who die in battle, they will not leave their colleagues behind. They have each other's back. They fight for each other. The proficient army surrenders its interest to that of the nation. You need to hear this. The proficient army, to fulfill its mission, it surrenders its interest to that of the nation. When that army is sent into a certain place and perhaps they enter into a city, they don't take an hour to go shopping. They, can, they walk into that city and they're marching. They're on a mission. They're not going to just set their weapons down and go into a supermarket. Unless the enemy is in that supermarket. The proficient army surrenders his interest to that of the nation. May we surrender our interest to that of the kingdom of God and the extension of that kingdom. May that be what drives us. May that be what propels us. 
The soldiers maintain a high level of discipline, integrity, and loyalty. Come on. They maintain a high level of discipline, integrity, and loyalty. They are courageous. They are selfless. And they respect others. I'm talking about a proficient army. They give their best as they serve their nation. With many of them paying the ultimate price. Death. The church as an army needs to possess. And needs to be committed to these ideals. In fighting her spiritual wars. Oh people of discipline. People who are selfless. People of integrity. People who are loyal. People who are courageous. Come on this afternoon. You're going out on prayer walks inside. Be courageous. Come on, go forth with that courage. Go forth with on mission today. Ready and prepared. Giving your best. Spying out the land. Come on, somebody. Do we really fight as an army? Do we possess the values of a proficient army? How do we fare as regards discipline and integrity and loyalty and selflessness and respect for others? Do we really fight as a team? How much teamwork exists in the army of Christ, the church? Every soldier, listen, every soldier belongs to a unit in the army. There are believers today who are not committed to any unit in the army of Christ. The most proficient army is well organized into divisions which are further divided into brigades or regiments, battalions, companies, batteries or troops and platoons. The squads are the smallest units. No soldier stands alone. He belongs to a unit. Every Nairobi Lighthouse Church member should belong to a unit, to a cell where your team gathers together in unity. You will not see a soldier fighting alone. Every soldier fights in a unit. If he is perhaps in the, in the, in the heat of the battle, if he's perhaps... Uh, separated from his unit and he finds himself alone, he immediately begins to search for his unit and his unit begins to search for him or her. You will not see a soldier fight alone. Every soldier fights in a unit. Soldiers draw strength, support, and encouragement from each other. They're committed to fight for each other. Maybe Christian soldiers have lost some battles because they fought alone and not as a team. Fellow soldier in God's army, may we as God's people rise up today and renew our commitment. Discover once more. Make a discovery once more. Where does my commitment lie? Where does my commitment lie? Pastor, there's areas in my life as a soldier of the Lord, areas of discipline, 
are in discipline. I'm struggling with self. This area of loyalty, commitment, focus. I just need the presence of the Lord today. I need to lift up my eyes and put my eyes back on my commander. There's so many distractions. There's so many things that's taken me away. I find myself alone. I want to be part of this unit. I want to be part of this great army. I want to move together on mission. I want to see God do more than he's ever done before. Using my life in making a difference and taking this gospel and winning souls and making disciples. I want to reconnect with my unit, Pastor. I've been off on my own. I've been struggling in some areas and I just need today to make a renewed commitment to discover once more, to lay aside those worldly pursuits that have taken me off and away from the battle. I want to I connect with my team. I want to be, be part of something great. Come on, hands up right through the congregation. Come on, God sees us. Wow. Wow, Father, look upon us. Look upon your army. Nairobi Lighthouse Church, the people of men and women of God, such incredible, incredible men and women that you have placed here, Father. We're so honored to serve you together. We're so honored. We're so grateful. Thank you. Thank you, Father, for connecting us into this body. Thank you, Father, for placing us into this great army. We're so thankful, Father, that you have put your hand upon us. And we declare today that you're worthy. You're worthy of everything. You're worthy of all of my affection. You're worthy of all of my attention. Bring your army to attention, oh God. We set aside all of these distractions. We set aside all of these issues, Father, all of these things that have caused us to lose our focus in the war. And we pray in Jesus' name, give us a renewed passion. Give us a renewed zeal for souls. Give us a renewed zeal for winning souls and making disciples, oh God. Let us rise up, Jesus. This is the command that you have placed upon us. And I ask you in Jesus' name to work deeply in my heart. Forgive me for areas where I've not been disciplined. Forgive me, Father, for where I've been slack. Forgive me, Lord. You have chosen me. You have equipped me. You have trained me. You have prepared me, oh God. And I want to be part of your church triumphant. I want to be part of something supernatural. Going into my community, oh God. Going once more with my unit, oh God. Going once more together with my unit. 
to extend your kingdom into our communities, into our city, into our nation, into the nations around us. And we give you glory and we give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Yes, give him praise, army of the Lord, soldiers of the cross. Pick up your weapon once again. Come on, lay aside all of that which has been distracting and pick up your weapon once again. Go forth with the sword, which is the word of God under the power of the Holy Ghost together with your unit, together with your cell. And let's see God do something supernatural. Come on, something supernatural. Let's bring Jesus to your community. Let's bring Jesus to your estate. Let's bring Jesus, the commander in chief of the armed forces. Hallelujah. Everybody, let's go forth disciplined this week. Let's go forth Come on, selfless this week. Let's go forth as people of integrity this week, serving together as a unit and as a team. God bless you. Have a great, great week.